comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth. I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime. I am the Flash. I'm here because the future of the world is in peril. Because of a man named Vandal Savage. I chose you eight to travel throughout time to stop them. You got the wrong guy. Hero ain't on my resume. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legend. Hey everybody, welcome to DC TV Podcast, episode 74. And, uh, oh hey, I mean it's the 75th anniversary next uh, time, so... Damn, we're gonna, what have we're to, gonna do? We're gonna have to get a caterer, rent a hall, um, That's right. hire a band, all kinds oh, of dumb stuff. I want all the spaghetti. Bubble machine. Bubble machine. Bubble, machine. bubble machine. What about the the? Do you want the the yep. chocolate fountain? No, but you can have the popcorn cannon. Oh, the popcorn no. cannon. I oh. want sp- I want spaghetti fountain, spaghetti, spaghetti sauce, fountain. spaghetti sauce fountain. It just meat sauce, just be pumping pumping oh, out the man. the fountains. Twenty folks. <laughs> It'd be like lined at the bottom with like a little wall of meatballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I get I put pasta on the plate, right? And then I just hold the plate under the under the the fountain, and then the meat sauce just be falling on top of it. And then at the very top of the fountain, there's like a little cheese fountain. You just like put your plate up there. All right about that gravy, though. Get right on that. We're gonna get our team, our crack team of technical interns on that. Oh, but that gravy, though. Now gravy. Mm. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no gravy. Yeah. yeah. Nope. We yes. got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Uh, we're gonna go in depth and spoiler deep on uh, Suicide Squad this week. Yeah. I know everybody kind of wanted us to last week, but the movie was just coming out, and everybody's had a chance to see it who pretty much wants to. Um, I think it's, you know, time we can talk spoilers on it a little, a little more than we did last time. Plus, uh, the only two people that saw it last week were myself and Aaron, and That's Aaron right. Aaron hated it. I mean, yeah. like, hated, hated, and we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, too, uh, with all the controversy with the critics or whatever. Um, there's also lots of casting news this week, and we have two episodes of Justice League to talk. Uh, a Night of Shadows, which is the uh, the demon, Etrigan, and Marina um, mm. cool stuff. And uh, Metamorphosis. With uh, Tom Sizemore as Rex Mason, uh, Metamorpho, the Element Man. So mm-hmm. those are those are both pretty pretty badass. But let's start off with the the, the main ingredient this week. Uh, first of all, uh, the woman who just wants to marry Vandal just so he can uh, she can get his last name, Miss Jerry Savage. Thank you, thank you. The Jim Beard herself. Uh, well, no, <laughs> no. And the man who had slightly less time 
in Suicide Squad on camera than Margot Robbie's ass, Mr. Daryl Taylor. But that ass, though. It should have gotten an extra credit in like the the screen in, in the credits at the end because I mean they they focused on that I thought even more than like the dude who played Slipknot. I'm saying, but well, he's on ass, screen more than he yeah. is. Well, her ass lasted longer than Slipknot. Well, it's more memorable too. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's let's get right to it. Uh, Suicide Squad. If you haven't heard, it's this little independent film that uh, you know it's oh, making the rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I still stand on my original review. You know, I it, it's a three out of five. I think my, all my problems with it are in the script and especially the editing, especially watching it a second time. I really noticed how the editing kind of hurt this movie. Um, the the way kind of things are kind of rushed to the beginning with the introductions, the way kind of things are kind of glossed over, and then some stuff in the script that kind of just seemed like trope tropish, you know, like like and um, you know thing like we'd seen it before, you know, we've seen Loki in, in New York do the same thing. We saw Zool do the same thing and go, you know, the original Ghostbusters, you know, uh, as far as, you know, the threat level or whatever. I think what really made the movie for me, though, were the performances. It seemed like the performances were stronger than the script in a lot of places, for me anyway. And it almost seemed like some of the better performances were almost fighting against the script in some points. Um, I did a little bit of research, and it turns out David Ayer wrote the script in, like, about two weeks. Yeah. Like, the production on this movie was super rushed, and he only, he only had, like two weeks or three weeks to write the full script and uh, of course you know doctored by several people in the studio along the way but um though uh, i think there was like there's probably a much better movie in here in the concept part of this um, <laughs> uh, movie but as it stands I, I had to give it a three out of five because of my problems with the the editing and with the script but like i said the, a lot of the performances are very solid the story arcs that are there i really like like the el diablo stuff um, I, I really enjoyed what they did there. I thought um, I thought Will Smith really stood out. I thought Margot Robbie stood out. Uh, even I, even Joel Hinnaman, uh as Rick Flag, um, I thought was was good after a while. Viola Davis, obviously, it was. Uh, so like I said, what, what do you guys give it? And I, it's like I said, the only other person I really talked to about this was Aaron on last week's podcast, and he hated it. Like overall, give it a one out of five. Yeah, he liked and, talking to your mom about a movie. And <laughs> she don't care about these movies like that. <laughs> well, he's more of a you know quote unquote professional reviewer. He gets yeah, paid to write I, reviews. I, just, I just like to be excited and have a good time. I understand. I mean, and there's a different. I mean, I don't know. Some of the some of my favorite movies of all time got are like Evil Dead Two got critically panned, and I will oh, sit yeah. and watch that right now. You know, I mean, yeah. somebody's. Yeah, I mean. I but I didn't expect anything from it. I really expected nothing. I kept hearing bad things, but I thought it was a great summer blockbuster. Was it a Suicide Squad movie? No, but do I care about Suicide Squad? No, so it didn't really upset me at all. Oh. I would give it a 3.5. It was it was a summer blockbuster. It was worth seeing it in the theater just for the visuals and that ass. So real quick, um, what mm. what disqualified <laughs> it from being a Suicide Squad? Yeah, because I didn't get you? that. What was the disqualification? What was the, the, what was it about this that made you say that's not the Suicide Squad? They had the Joker in it. It's not supposed to freaking have the Joker in it. So you're making it a love story. You could, you didn't think the movie could fly on its own without freaking putting the Joker in it. And I didn't like necessarily. I really didn't like Jared's Joker. I wanted to. I really wanted to. I didn't. But I heard a theory that might make me like it more. I heard a theory that maybe 
this Joker really isn't the Joker that they they kind of gave us a clue in Batman versus Superman where there was like um graffiti on the bat suit and stuff that maybe Robin had literally no. went crazy and was no. emulating the Joker. No, it's not already, like that. I would they already negated that. Yeah, they, they debunked that theory That's already. Not happening. That's that was a cool, cool theory though. Cool yeah. theory, bro. Yeah. No, <laughs> I could see him as a as a maniac Robin. But I did not like him as well, the freaking Joker. My problem with the Joker is, I agree, they probably could have made this movie without the Joker in it. But, huh. if, but if you're going to have the Joker in it, have him in it for more than ten minutes. Uh-huh. You uh-huh. know, I mean, have him be a major part of it. Have him, like, you know, s- you know, screwing with the Suicide Squad the whole way. Like, messing with them because Harley what? has broken his heart. Or, you know, have him be a bigger part of the story than he was, you know. I honestly... Cannot give you a great assessment of Jared Leto as the Joker because he was only in the movie for like ten minutes. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe I, I just was dissatisfied. Yeah. It's not like with you know with with Ledger or or, or Nicholson or, or even Conroy. I don't have a whole movie to judge his performance by. I just have this little snippet. That's fair. And See, I feel I, and I feel like well, uh, let me finish. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. I, I, you had you had the greatest video of the year, Taylor Swift. But but let me finish. Uh, <laughs> the um, I, I just feel like they should have either gone all in with the Joker and really made him a part of it, or not had him at all. Okay. You know what I mean? They should have. They should have. You know, I know they wanted to have Harley Quinn and kind of launch her and stuff, and that, that is a good way to bring the Joker into the story. But either have him be a big part of the story, or don't use him. You know what I mean? Having this small of a Joker, you know, uh, piece of this movie. It almost seemed like a different film. It seemed like, you know, oh, this is coming in from a Joker movie that they're going to make sometime in the future. or You know what I mean? It's just... No, no you're right. Didn't I just wish they'd either gone all in or not at all. They uh, didn't. They just kind of, like, put their toe in and like, look, here's a little bit of Joker here. It could be cool in a few movies down the road. Bye. You know? Well, I'll be the different voice. You two seem to agree with each other on this. But I, I totally... First of all, I totally love the world. Like, I, I totally love this DC cinematic universe world. So I don't, I went into it knowing if, if Joker's not in it that much, it did not bother me not one bit because I feel like this is just a piece of another part that'll be coming. This is just him just, just showing us they're them just showing us just this little piece of, of Joker that goes with Harley's origins and we'll get more of Joker in the, the Batman run. Um, so it didn't bother me. I'd, I'd rather have seen what, you know, I'd rather they have dealt more into the Suicide Squad itself. Because this movie wasn't really one about them fighting a threat. It was more about setting up Bonding this team, team yeah. and then yeah. setting up the concept and then having it be greenlit to go. And then kind of putting Amanda in a certain, Amanda Waller in a certain place. So it kind of... Like, if you just wanted this one movie, then I could see why people either hated it or had problems with it. But if but if you kind of are excited about how it'll eventually connect with the other films, like, you know, now that she's got this relationship with Bruce Wayne, Batman, kind of like all that's in this. Like, it's just, you know, I like that first beginning of it, of them setting up this whole thing of, you know, Superman's dead and. And um, what happens if the next metahuman that that that's really that powerful is not a good guy? What happens then? Like, 
and just the, her talking to the government about that and trying to get this thing passed so many times and then eventually causing like wanting to have this weapon and that's and that's Amanda you cause the thing that you keep you're railing to get the you know to get these metas she, she want to weaponize all these metas and you pretty much are the one that causes the big threat that they have to deal with I mean I I, I got a kick out of it like it just um I didn't mind it. like the the thing that bothered me with the Joker if anything probably is the the gold front thing I couldn't stand that but the parts of Joker like being able to get into this facility when no one else is supposed to be, be able to get into it Bell Reeves but being the guy that always finds the the weak link to get in and right. and just the way that he just had fun with it and um I think he should have pro- I wished he would have was a little bit more abusive to Harley but maybe that's in later a little cuts. bit more what abusive to Harley to show that it's oh. not romantic because it's not it's not a romantic so it's supposed to be and it's I not think supposed the, to be. He, the way it's depicted in this movie a lot of people who aren't as familiar with the characters as we are, are probably depicted yeah. you know, kind of see it that way you know? but this dude pretty much is like I want to I want a woman that I want to create the woman that's crazy enough to deal with me for a while and it, it, and use her like property hmm? it reminded me a lot of, of um Natural born mm-hmm. killers. They were very um, Mickey and Mallory. Yeah. Yes, that, it is I a lot of that. that. Yeah. I I really think you know the the Harley character that did a lot better on her own, like you yeah. know without without um, the Joker. Like as the movie progressed, I really like Margot Robbie's portrayal. We'll she she really like, had to sell me too. I yeah. mean, it was I was kind of not sold walking in, but when I left, I was happy. Because um, I. I I loved the Suicide Squad like I've loved it from Ostrander and then I pretty Me much kept, stayed with it all the way even into the DC fifty two versions mm-hmm. of it. So I've read her in the team. I'm used to her being in the team now because they right. that's been the thing since uh, DC fifty two started. So so it just um, it just seemed like it worked for me. Like uh, Floyd, I think. Well, I know people were thinking Will Smith was not going to do a good job or he was going to be too over the top or whatever. I didn't like, I, I, I didn't think he would mess it up. I don't, I don't think he ever went into any role and messed it up. I think he always gives it his hundred percent. I mean, oh, I thought he, I thought he really got like the confidence and self-assuredness of yeah. Deadshot, like the overall professionalism kind yeah. of, of Deadshot and, uh, you know, still, you know, being, you know, having the, the weight of having his daughter out there somewhere mm-hmm. that he can't, you know, see her or be with her or whatever. Yeah. I, mean, I thought, like I said, early, like I said, you know, earlier, I thought that a lot of the performances in this were, were better than the script they're being acted from. You know what I mean? And, and Will Smith was really, you know, was really and good. And Floyd, I mean, and Floyd's whole thing of only caring about one person and that's his child. I mean, that's, you know, like that, they, I think they pull that off very well and they, and the way that they uh, that Amanda Waller, I mean, I fell in love with Amanda Waller. Like I always oh, loved yeah. her character, but and nobody gives exposition like Viola Davis. I mean, no. she's going. By the way, uh, did you notice well, David David Harbor from Stranger Things was in that room when yes. Viola gives that whole? It was, um, it was weird seeing him all clean shaven. I know. It's like shouldn't he be smoking <laughs> a joint like out on his yeah. deck with a robe on? <laughs> yeah, he's not drunk or nothing. He's just, no, he's not wearing the hat. Oh. But, um, it was cool it, to see that, and I I loved the uh, I think they got boomerang right like the guy that actor can be kind of wooden. 
right. yeah, and other yeah. roles. And I it seemed him. like... Well, he played a robot in that Terminator Salvation, right? And he was more like the robot than... Yeah, he was more the, of a robot than a person. The Terminator. And in this, it's like, this is what... This is the kind of way you play it. Like, this, this he played it so right. Like, I I don't think any of the characters were, were off to me. Well, in contrast, terms of how that contrast that boomerang to the boomerang we saw in Arrow, right? Mm-hmm. Like the boomerang we saw in Arrow is like very almost like a dead shot, but with boomerangs, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. then this this boomerang is not at no. all like that. <laughs> no, I mean he's more like the comic actually. I mean yeah. a lot of a lot of this is comics. Like they they pull a lot of these characters out of the comics, and a lot of that is in there. Um, Harley, I know that people hated her the way she's in love with Joker, but I think a, a lot of the people that were outraged about the relationship with Joker are only, they only read the comics that are out now with Harley, oh, but they didn't read okay. the years of her being in that terrible, crazy relationship up until Joker just threw her to the side. And then eventually she became an independent, you know, she grew out of that and she got her, she went her own way and, and that's the independent. And I hope we get to that point eventually. But for the first or for the origin of Harley, you got to show where she came from. I mean, yeah, there was her, that scene I just watched earlier tonight, actually, from the new Batman adventure yeah. where, where she gets Batman in a death trap with piranhas. Mm-hmm. And, and she's, you know, she has him hanging upside down. So now the piranhas are all smiling. So the joke works. And she thought the joker would be happy. Yeah. And, you know, but he's not. No. Because <laughs> if you have to explain a joke. It's not really a joke, is it? And he, like, literally, like, hits her, like, off camera, but you see Batman, like, wincing. Yeah. Because he's, like, tied up, he can't do anything, and he's, like, looking away, like, wincing, and then he throws her out of, like, a Mm third-story window. Yep. You know, I mean, it's definitely an abusive relationship. Even in this, he left her in the water. Like, when they, he did that on purpose, when Batman was in that car. He was like, damn it, I gotta go back. It was like a chore to go back. It was awesome. Well, no, 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 not even that. I'm talking about when Batman's on top of the car, when he gets, a, when, when she gets arrested, he left her there. He knew that Batman would go get her. And he dipped. Like, that's the Joker. That's what he does. He doesn't care about her life. He cares about her like a person cares about their property, like their prized possession, their horse or whatever. Like, that's kind of how. Hmm? But, I mean, that comes and goes. Because every time he actually loses her, he makes a, you know, huge play to go back for her. Yeah, because he's bored. Like, like the Joker is not all there. So it's like he goes from obsessed to her. Of, he's obsessed with her to don't want to be bothered to. And he kind of did it. But I would think there is stuff cut. Because he even in the beginning, he basically gave her to that dude. Just to F with her. Just to mind F that dude. He was like, you belong to him now. Or and did it, he? Was that the setup to see how he would react? Yes, because he totally was watching. He was watching her, and if she had actually went off with him, she probably yeah. he, he would have still killed the guy. But he probably would have been like, "Oh, this is what you want," or something. Because the joke is never satisfied. He's never happy. Like he he kept watching her to see how what she was doing, watching him to see what the the guy was doing. Like that's what he is. Because it's so you're always nervous because you never know what that dude is going to do and that you know like that that being so unpredictable but psych being a psychopath at the same time like that's what you need and i think some of that got cut out because people go with the romance the romantic scenes of the him jumping in the water to get her and that kind of stuff with the music and stuff 
it's a part of it, but I think it was I, I don't think it came off like they wanted because I think they wanted you to see Joker as being sexy and uh, and he's like Dracula. Like he seduced her. Like he, the way reminded me of Scarface. Yeah, like, like the club scene where she was mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer and all yeah. the guys wanted her, and he would literally watch other guys dance yeah. with her, and then yeah. you know probably kill them. <laughs> well, even in the com- yes, but even in the comics, he's gotten like uh, women have fallen for the Joker many times, and they know the dude is is nuts. Oh, it's yeah. just something about him. Like he has that thing, but it's always dangerous because you never come out of it. Uh, you never come out on top when you when you're dealing with Joker. That's just the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's that sense of danger that's attractive to certain to certain people, and that you know it happens. But you make so, a good point, Daryl. Like in the comics, she's gone through this whole evolution of yeah, being, yeah. I mean, been in an abusive relationship, <clears throat> then like rejecting the Joker and going independent on her right. own. And uh, like I, that, I don't know if they're going to fall through on the you know in the movie universe of that or not, but. Well, it's dependent on time. I mean, yeah. I mean, if there's, yeah. not, I mean, I don't know. The Suicide Squad seems to be making money hand over fist, so yeah, it's maybe, a, it might be another one. Yeah, two ninety four. It's two hundred ninety four million right now, and it costs one hundred seventy five million to make. So wow. I think it's still going good, and it's not even the second weekend yet, right? So My it's already movie. broke records. I mean, it it already surpassed the uh, what Guardians did, I think, and it surpassed what uh, X Men. Apocalypse is it surpassed uh, what Guardians opened with. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's something for both of them, uh, for that one and, and it did for Apocalypse, and I mean, and for and for characters that are unknown. I mean, for the most part, you take Joker and Batman out, nobody knows who these characters are either. They're, they're not You know, you mention these names, and people are like, "What? I don't, I don't know what you're saying. I, I don't know what you're talking about." So to be able to sell it on that, on this. Even with the editing problems and the studio being nervous about it and all that kind of stuff, I like I saw all that in it, but to still have an entertain like I was entertained from the first two minutes to the last of it. Like even with the issues that I saw, because it is not a perfect film. No, no, it's not. But it's it's a blockbuster. But it's, it's a blockbuster. Exciting and it's so beautiful. Fun. Yeah, the cinematography so was fun. beautiful. The costuming was awesome. Mm-hmm. The effects that they pulled out for Enchantress, I yeah. liked, even though I thought her performance was awful. <laughs> you know, I mean, the effects were worth seeing. I I was glad that I saw it on the big screen. Oh, I love. I it. agree with everything you said, but like, like I said, my problems with with that it was with the script and with the editing, especially. Okay. I mean, especially like on a second viewing, the editing really bothered me. I'm like, okay. so I'm watching it. I'm like, there should be a scene here where this gets explained, or. They already explained this in the first half of the movie. Why are they explaining it again here? Or you know what I mean? It just seemed like with some with some script work and some some like less, you know, choppy editing. This I think this could have been a much better movie. Like I could, I it's funny because I look at this, and it it doesn't need to be compared. But I look at this and I look at Guardians, and I think both of them had a very uh, flimsy script. In terms yeah, of, yeah. it's very, pretty much simple. And they're both dark horses too. These right. are not well-known right. characters except for you know the Joker, but right. these are, which is barely in it. Yeah, so these and are they, not well-known characters. Right, right, and they, but they, um, yeah, it's, it's more about the character. It's it's more about showing the characters doing stuff than it was about a particular story. 
you know, like, you know, they just have to do something and a big threat comes and then they get together. Like, you know, they gel and then they get together, but they just handle it differently. And of course, I think well, Marvel, they do it in a way that attracts a bigger audience. Yeah, it's goofy and it's joyful. Right. Yeah. It's it's more of a, you know, it's it's more of a cartoon than it is anything else. And Guardians, I mean, and uh, with Suicide Squad, they do it differently. And they, it's, it's a darker tone. It's not as pretty and inviting to people. It can be, it could put people off. And I think this darker tone works a lot better with Suicide Squad than it did with Batman oh, yeah. v Superman. Definitely. And, and I like this movie more than I did Batman v Superman. Well, they're villains, so yeah, yeah. But it I think this, darker. yeah, exactly. I think this kind of dark. darker, like grittier tone really works better with this kind of group, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think it feels more people like me. I mean, this is darker. This is more like Tim Burtony. This is you're going to see crazy creatures, and I love the way they. They handled the the minions the way mm-hmm. they were getting killed left and right, but they weren't human, so it wasn't really gruesome. So you could still take a well, kid. Well, actually, and the the, the, the after <laughs> part of it was where they were humans at one time, and then they're yeah, they're, but yeah, you just lost that though. It wasn't like seeing yeah, they didn't imply it, it enough. Beheaded. I mean, they they didn't say it enough except for you know letting you know yeah. that these were people once. They said it once, yeah. and then that was it. Like these are these were people it once, but it's but it was still okay. It, it's still yeah. like. It, palatable put it that way for if you I, had somebody come. just yeah, enough just, to get it to be pg-13 but i think it should have exactly. been emphasized a little bit more and probably i think ayer would have wanted to i think he probably they pulled back on that but i think he would have wanted to show it even more that the all these people that they're killing are actually innocent civilians that are they have to that have already been turned and they have to kill them and if this was more of a david Ayer movie i think that would have been in there because yeah. i mean you look at end of watch or you yeah. look i mean he wrote training day yeah know, or, yeah you know oh, wow. movies like that mm-hmm. i mean you know those are or, or even the last movie did fury mm-hmm. um with john bernthal about seeing them all yeah to uh tank tank squad and he's, I mean, he's he's brutal and he really deals with like the consequences of violence and uh, if this were like more of a David Ayer movie, that's again going back to my issues with the editing. I think the and the more I read about this, the more I think the studio like had the last edit. You know what I mean? Or had the final cut of the movie, mm-hmm. and that would explain. I mean, I even heard they I had read online that they'd sent out the footage to different places to have different edits of the movie done to see which one they liked best. Yeah. And one of the places that they had it, they sent it out to was a place that did trailers, a trailer house. Right. Um, to edit the whole movie and send it back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I really think the studio well, went a little overboard with the, yeah. the edits in this. And I well, think, they're saying it was I mean, three... The movie suffers for it, you know. Yeah, they said it was... Yeah. They're saying it was probably it was three edits. One was air, one was the studio, and one was the outside source. And they all got together. And I think Air said something about it too. And they kind of compromised on the on the on the last edit for the film. Yeah, there was. Well, there are also those reports that there were test screenings and the movie didn't test well. Mm-hmm. And the people, you know, the 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 edits, the final edits were made based on that. Um, there's a really good uh, review of the movie on uh, Red Letter Media uh, on YouTube, and they go in a little more in depth on talking about those issues, like about how the um, the movie got edited by you know a bunch of different places, and they kind of had right. like a consensus edit, I guess. Right. And then they also edited it again after after the test screenings. And I I think 
Like, I don't think Wonder Woman went through the same thing, and I don't think um, Flash is going through the same thing. I, I like what this movie went through. I think this one went through it quickly, and the script went fast. But I don't, I don't think the other films. I think they've got a chance to do what they were going to do with those films. I don't think they were as heavily hit or uh, like this one was. You we'll know, see. You know, I mean, time will so, tell. Well, you don't hear. I mean, they, they don't seem to be able to not get the information out. Like if something's effed up, or if some, you know, like there's some stuff going on, they seem to get the, they seem to get all that out. Like people, people are snitching. They seem to be snitching a lot in the behind the scenes. So, if there was really some bad stuff going on with uh, with Wonder Woman in the shooting of that, I think it would come out. I don't if think you um, if you go to io9.com, mm-hmm. there's like a two part uh, story about why Suicide Squad on the set was like intolerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, between like Jared Leto like sending people pig carcasses. Yeah, um, he, he, he and, did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like uh, like all this kind of crazy stuff that happened on the set of the movie, mm-hmm. so I'm sure that didn't help anything either. No, no, I, I it, there's one thing to be a method actor, but um, there's lines that you don't cross. You know, even when you're a method actor, I don't care how good you are, but you you still be you still be a human being. So you, there's certain things you don't tolerate. There's a famous story um, uh, about the movie Marathon Man with Dustin Hoffman and Lawrence Olivier, right? Uh-huh. Great movie. And um, I guess Dustin Hoffman, to, to act like he had been tortured and had any sleep, uh, stayed up for three days straight right. before filming a scene. Lawrence Olivier looked down at him and he goes, why don't you just try acting, my boy? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, and you know what? I don't see. You know, it's like I don't I don't see the the need for him to go off the deep end and, and creep people out for no, his ten, for ten minutes in this movie. You but know? I don't see Affleck letting that slide. Like he's not going to sit back and he's got enough weight in his career that he's not going to be the one and then that's going to let him act like that uh, too much on that movie. You know what? I think you can say that from our perspective because we're not actors, but. His method is working for him. He's turned in some absolutely phenomenal performances. Oh, you're great, but you you can stop yourself from sending pig stuff. You can you can stop yourself from that. If you can't, then you don't need to act no more. If you can't, like if you can act though, maybe that's what it what it. I'm saying you. That's great. You can act, but I'm saying if you get to a point where you're messing with people's personal space, yeah, he was. You better learn another way. It's like here, here, you see that line way back there. That's you see that dot yeah. that crossed yeah. it. That's Lido. You know, what I mean, personally, I would punch him in the face. But that's you know what I'm saying. Mean? I wouldn't even quite, like listen. You, okay, you you do your method acting. I do mine. I hit you in your face when you get in mine. Oh, I, I, I knock right. you in the head. Here, here's I, a pain. Ex- here's a pain experience you can draw from. Yeah, yeah. draw <laughs> draw from that. Draw from that. Because if you look at the the San Diego footage, with like Lido is on the um, this panel with like Viola Davis or whatever. Mm-hmm. Viola Davis looks like she wants to hit him. Oh, she don't play that. Wow. She looks like she, yeah, wow. go back and watch the footage. It's on YouTube. I mean, they're play. next to each other on the panel or whatever and talking, and they're playing nice, but every time Viola Davis has to look at him, she looks like she wants to punch him. She probably uh, like, I F you up. So. You know, I, I, the only person I think I would have liked to have seen besides Viola Davis is CCH Pounder. She plays the heavy mm-hmm. so well. She, she does very like, well, but I think... I think Viola knocked that out of the park. I feel Davis nailed it. I mean, you know what? I like your your 
statement that um, Jim that it's the editing because maybe what I'm translating as the performances is just all their good scenes are on the cutting room floor somewhere. That could be. I just wasn't given enough meat, enough you know context to really judge their acting abilities. Maybe that's the case. There was there are so many quick cuts. Yeah, there's like, a lot of that. And that whole like first opening sequence is cut like a bunch of music videos. You know, yeah. I know, but I dug it though. Like, that was, I, I mean, it was fine. I grew up watching music videos, not, I you know, not love, bitching. I love how they said it. Like, I love the tone, the music, like the hip hop, the the way that they mixed that all okay. in for the different characters. You know, that being, hmm? Right. That being said, Jared Leto aesthetically, I love that Joker. I've never seen that Joker. At first, when I saw the stills before the movie, I was like, oh, he looks a little... But it worked. It worked with the music videos. He looked like he should be in those music videos. Yeah, it, it almost felt like a TV show. It, all, it almost yeah. felt like the way that the beginning was. I loved how they showed the different ways that like either Batman caught them, and then I liked how they threw the Flash one in real quick. It wasn't, didn't have to be in there, but it was kind of cool to have it that, oh, okay, Flash caught him, caught... Uh, Boom, Captain Boomerang. All right, that's a nice little well, thing. I mean, he's always been a Flash villain. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm, they, that was something they added last minute, but I don't think it was. It didn't make me roll my eyes that oh, they added. You see, they added that last minute. It just was a. It was a cool little way to throw him in there, and boom, that's it. You didn't. You didn't need to have to do anything else. Just, uh, just have it, and I love. I cannot wait to see uh, Batman, Ben Affleck. And Viola Davis uh, interact with each other as this as it progresses. That force of wills is coming. Like I I cannot wait because I know she played uh, Bruce. I know she played him. Mm-hmm. Acting scared, she wasn't scared. You know, Dan right. Wall wasn't scared, but she wanted him to have that information. She wanted him to put that team together. Right. It's all a game to her, man. She, because she wants. I mean, she likes. She doesn't like. She hates superheroes. That's the thing. Like she, act, she might act ruthless and all that, but she wants superheroes to be out there. But she wants she to have the finger on the button. She wants. I was to say, she wants to be in control of them. Exactly. Exactly. It's like put. Yeah, yeah. Go out there and do your thing. But I got you. I got you by the balls, though. I control what you. You know, if I really want you to do something, I have info on you. It's almost like the government made them register or something. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Carol DeLevine's uh, performance was kind of lackluster as, as Enchantress. She was fine, but... Well, there's really nothing the, much to her in this. Yeah, exactly. The, she was a plot device because that was what they used to get uh, Flag and then also what they had to go fight at the you know towards the end. Right. So it really that was basically the the point oh, of it. Right. How long? How quick into the movie did you realize Slipknot would be the one to die? As soon as he walked mm-hmm. off the helicopter. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm really good at guessing outcomes, so I try my hardest to focus on the now, so I don't ruin every movie for myself. I started doing this because Noel told me I ruin every movie like about ten years ago. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, as soon as he steps off the thing, Noel's like, "Oh, somebody's got to die because it's the Suicide Squad." Yeah. Slipknot. Like, damn yeah. it! <laughs> but even in the comics, but dude, like if you read the comics or if you look at the animated yeah. uh, Suicide Squad uh, movie surprised. or any of those things, it's no, no surprise no. that one of them would get get killed before the mission even started because they always do. Ew. 
and you look I at the one. It, I think it was the yeah. KG beast in the animated one. And you, yeah, they did. They they killed him. All. And you look at it and you'll be like, all right, who's the one that didn't get much of a intro? That's the one that's getting. And then wait, and yeah. then he was like, Noel was like, um, Noel said he might as well have had a red shirt on. I'm like, oh, you're a racist because he's a because he's an Indian, really. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, yeah, it didn't help him. It also but, didn't help. Noel was one sixteenth Cherokee. So. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> Okay. And also that help you. And also a thing to get you killed, never listen to Boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> that you anybody that ever like listens to that dude, mm-hmm. he gets you killed. That's that's a thing in the comic that that's just what happens. Like he yeah. he always does because he's always looking out for one person. There's a core group and they put that core group together. Uh, uh yeah. Floyd, um Harlequin and um and flag, they're like that core group right now, and then they'll put villains around them because I don't know if, if Killer Croc will be back for the next one or not. He could be or not. Like it's not like they have to have him in it, but it's usually everybody else is just. Uh, and then you have Boomerang who's on his own. He'll he'll help in the mission because it's something he needs to do to right. get out of jail. But it ain't because he's helping because he wants to. So you always got to watch him. He's always the one that'll turn. At all times. So you, and then you have the cannon fodder in between, like Diablo. And I loved his story. Like yeah, you know, I wish they'd done more. of The characters have a story arc like his because that really worked for me. Oh, I love um, it. Something else I thought that I w- wish there had been more of: the scene in the bar. Oh yeah. Uh, when they're in the bar and yeah. they're just like kind of talking and chilling and hanging out, I wish there had been more scenes like that. In, in the movie, yeah. just yeah. to like, I mean, I understand you know, the threat level and the blah, blah blah and everything else, but just like getting these characters mm-hmm. in a space where they could interact with one each other, you know, one another like that, that, that was cool. I like that scene a lot. I wish there'd be more like that. That scene worked very well, and also I like how they introduced this thing with Diablo where the new age of metahumans and saying, you know, like there's a little, gotta be a little threat or something going on with that, you know, where they're popping up and it means he wasn't wasn't even a meta. Like he was, he was like some kind of Aztec or he was a God. Yeah. He just kept kept holding it in. Yeah. He kept holding in that power and he just didn't know. I don't think he knew. No, he didn't. He thought it was safe. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Going out on a limb here, I mean, we see in that Justice League uh, footage or trailer or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, them burying a mother a mother box. I mean, what if this new age of metahumans got is being switched on because of all the stuff with apocalypse and oh, that'd be great. Well, that that would explain why yeah these people yeah. are showing up with all these abilities. Um, I don't know. Seems like it would work for me. It would work for me too. Like I liked it. They threw didn't didn't you know like they didn't make a big deal about it, but they subtly threw that in there that you know these these things are are here for a reason and hit yeah, and Diablo. Like coming, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and when he finally came out, because I don't remember reading that he was that. I think maybe I missed that last of that because they've stopped and started uh, Suicide Squad after DC Fifty Two so many effing times. Mm-hmm. That I might have missed the, that arc where he was on it, because I think when they restarted it again, he wasn't on the team anymore, and I don't remember what happened. So if that's the case, like it was so good to be surprised by that, because I did not see that coming that he was actually in 
some type of, uh, of god or something. Yeah, like yeah, he was some kind be. of like resurrected like yeah. Aztec god. Yeah, for, like some kind of elemental. And I think they, yeah, they yeah, did a good job of that slide of doing the same thing with Enchantress. Right. I just I just wasn't buying her alter ego, which is kind of mm. Yeah. And also, what about the team leader? The I can't even remember his name now because I've tried to block it out of my memory. Flag. I hated him. You know what? I will never move past him from the killing. He still seems oh, like that giant fucking yeah. yeah. I think it's I think it's me. But I did the same yeah. thing, Robocop. I'm like, this ain't Robocop. <laughs> that's the dude for yeah, that's the dude for the killing. He, wasn't like, he, he didn't do any crazy talk. Like he was on the level most of the entire movie. You know, you know what? He had zero military bearing. I I know military people. I yeah, you do. People. You do. You do. Zero. Zero. He might as well have been the little dude over there in the killing. I'm like, well, who hired him? But I heard he was like not the first choice, so that makes sense at least. Yeah, I know. They, there was another actor that was picked before because we talked about the casting and changes. Yeah, it was, uh, Donnie, Donnie Salvo, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. Nailed it. Yeah, he originally, he originally, he originally was Rick. But Fly. then he had to work, and then he didn't like. Yeah, he couldn't get off work to be in the movie. That they yeah. showed, and he got yeah. mad and like walked. Truth, off. and you know what? They can't handle the truth. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I I didn't I did not like him. I mean, even though I I did see that dude from the killing, but I did not. It's all like he was. He, he like in him. fact, I was like, I like him better than I did in Robocop because Robocop, I, it really was hard for me to deal with him. Also, I he cannot play law enforcement. I mean, like legit law enforcement or military. He can't. The killing fitted him fit him because of his past. We were able to buy him as a detective because we also knew he was like a, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That I could get with. And he was kinda like trying too hard to be street and stuff and mm-hmm. I, he he can do that. They should keep him in that. He needs to be that. He's like Will Ferrell. He needs to play the same role over or no, not Will Ferrell, because I've seen him in Stranger Than Fiction. He needs to be Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh my goodness. No. Um play Adam Sandler. You know what I'm saying? He needs to be the one trick pony that he is. Just reconcile yourself with the inevitable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if they took him out, like, he's one character, if they had, if they rotate somebody else in as Flag and then rotate him out, I, I wouldn't mind it. Like, it wouldn't have bothered me at all. I like Katana, but they didn't really use her a lot. But probably if they use Bronze Tiger, like you could use her or Bronze Tiger. They both fit the same. Um, yes. Role as being the yep. the and Michael uh, Jai White's not busy right now. It's true. The the martial art because he can still come into the movie later, but he's the you know the martial artist with the code, like somebody who's not a criminal that had, but basically going to watch flags back, and you need that. So yeah. I no, could that's... see them throwing throwing him in another movie or so, but I think they wanted to have another woman in there, and they didn't want it to all be dudes. Yeah. Which I don't blame oh, yeah. him. I'm like, that's good. Yeah. You know, you want to. You don't want to sausage party. Nobody wants no, to sausage party. No, no, you don't want to sausage party. <laughs> so, um, but all in all, I mean, I, you know, like it, it is successful. It uh, more than likely, it will be labeled as, as a successful movie. I hope that the studio gets the message like they got from Batman versus Superman that you, you need to pull your hands back some. And not mess with the directors, and that's that's what most, even of those who like me, who really, really dug the movie a lot, yeah, still think that you need to just you need to pull back some. You 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 jumping on it too much, and you're not helping the film any when you do that. So 
executive. Trust in their vision. Yeah, so I think they, they will get that message from this because they've been getting a clear message since um, Batman or Superman. I don't think Man of Steel had that. I don't think they did that in Man of Steel. I, either you like it or you don't, I, but I did. But with Batman vs. Superman, it had those issues with the studio and Snyder and, you know, that back and forth and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I think with this, that I think they're going to get the, I think the message will be a lot clearer to them to F off. Like, this would be, like, this is successful in spite of what you did. Right. Not because of what you did. So... Um, and I don't, I don't, I haven't heard any of that from Wonder Woman yet. So I hope that's a good sign. And with Flash, when it wasn't working right away, they made changes with the director. Like they didn't even start this before they said this director wasn't, you know, he was a first time director. Like he, yeah, he's first time director. And I was nervous that he was the dude that was gonna, um, be directing the film because he's never done anything like this before. I don't, I don't, and the stuff that he did have a part of were not things that I, felt were good movies the things that he wrote and, and contributed to so I'm glad that they uh, moved him out um, so I, I'm expecting better for the for the next ones uh, if they're not they're just going to have to it, hopefully it'll, it'll be better um, I don't know what will ever make people not hate these movies right now as long as people are in charge I, I think, don't know I think if Wonder Woman is as good as we uh, suspect it is that'll change minds <laughs> and if we can keep the studio from editing the hell out of a Patty Jenkins movie, yeah, um, that that could also change minds. So. I hope so. I, I hope so. I hope so too. I mean, it's just you. I mean, and it's not just DC. You see it on the Marvel side too, with like the the studio wanting to be more and more involved. I mean, it's what drove Whedon away. Uh, you know, if you, yeah. if you listen to what he talked about yeah. you know, after doing Age of Ultron, he's like, you know, I had to fight for every character scene in that movie in my script. You know, I had to fight for every, mm-hmm. you know, character moment because of the uh, the interference of the studio. You and know? you can tell. You can you can definitely you tell. Can, and you can tell. And, and, and I think this might be another victim of that. You know, I think the studio's edit might have been a little too much, you know. I don't, opinion, anyway. I don't know. Well, with the harder numbers on these films... Like, it seemed like a lot of the blockbusters are having a harder time. Like, it's not just a straightforward, you're going to automatically get the numbers that you want. Even for the real successful ones, even for Civil War, it didn't hit exactly what they wanted the first weekend like they wanted it to. Like, you know, the projections were a little bit under the projections that they had. So, uh, you know, you hear the words of the fatigue again. I mean, but it seemed like there are a lot of films just getting back to back to back to back. And maybe... Well, maybe not just superhero films, too, but, like, yeah, other, but big other franchises, like, yeah. uh, Go- you know, Ghostbusters and uh, Star Trek, and, you know, they're not... They're, both movies underperformed, you know? Yeah, it's close together, because Star Trek, I think, should have been in the wintertime. I don't, I don't think this should have... Star Trek shouldn't have been a summer film, I think. It's it already a crowded summer. Yeah, it should have been... You know? It should have been a fall, like, something in the fall or the or the winter, I think. It, or even, like, end of August, where there's nothing there. It would have been, like, post-Suicide Squad yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I think that would have been best uh, for that. It didn't need to be right now. But uh, we'll see. I I mean, uh, it's a lot of stuff we're hearing that I'm happy about coming out with the films and the TV shows. We'll we'll get to the news with that. But um, 
do you want to do the news next, or do you, do you want to give like a letter grade for the movie? Um, so uh, I, I give it a three out of five. So I guess it's like a C. Okay. I give it a B minus. I gave it a three point five already. Okay. What is that in letters? It's a B. B. Yeah, it's a solid. It was a summer blockbuster. If I didn't know anything about comics or Suicide Squad, if I didn't, I, I tried to not have any expectations. But I mean, I do comics, so there's no way I could not not have expectations. Right. But right. overall, they pulled out a lot of stuff, and it was engaging. Like Daryl said, from the time you sat down, it was even love it or hate it, you were engaged. That's mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. That's definitely. Oh yeah. But like, I mean, like I said, there's I I could talk about movies I love all night that you know critics hated. So I mean, yeah, I got that. What, what what the you know general critical um, asked to say about it really, and you know like and, and as as much as I lo- I like and respect and, and podcast with Aaron, you know I just don't agree with him on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's as bad as he he does. So. No. But of course I don't watch like you know two hundred movies a year like he does either. So. Um, okay. So let's go to the news. Okay. Let's start start off with the uh, with uh, Jason Momoa news. Uh-oh. The Jason Momoa Aquaman movie. Uh oh. Jerry, Jerry, are you here? Yeah. Uh okay. I'm swooning. I'm sorry. We got the confirmation this week that Black Manta will be the villain. Oh shit. In the Aquaman oh. movie that is being uh, written right now, uh, Jeff Johns did the. Um, did a treatment, and it's being written by Will Beale, who wrote Gangster Squad, which I did not see. Mm. Um, from from Jeff Johns' treatment. I think so, I, I did see Gangster Squad. It's, uh, see, this is what I was wondering about, like, with Jeff Johns moving up to, like, the Kevin Feige-type situation uh-huh. in D.C., how, like, actually hands-on he would be with scripts. Like, he's pretty much locked in with the script for Affleck for the next Batman movie. Mm-hmm. But like like I said with Aquaman, he was originally supposed to write this script. All right. Um, but Amber Heard is Mira. I'm sure you heard all that. Oh yeah. Uh, until she gets recast by Jerry, of course. Well, I mean, you know, she better watch her back. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be safe. Don't insult him with Mira. Yeah. So Black Manta, good good villain. Um, I mean, that's his Joker. I mean, that's you yeah. Know. And it makes and in the comic. Like, he was indirectly responsible for the death of Manta's father. So they had, like, mm-hmm. he had, like, bad blood. You know, oh, yeah. A lot, and revenge on oh, his yeah. mind every time they were, they would clash. Mm-hmm. Um, the mega crossover, the Arrowverse crossover. Let's talk about that for a minute. The CW. All right. Uh, we're talking Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, all crossing over. Um, we got this cute little... Um, uh, picture this week, uh, Instagram that I think uh, Grant Gustin put up and Stephen Amell mm-hmm. of a bunch of boots, people sitting around, but you can only see their boots. And it was uh, Grant Gustin's Flash and, uh, and, and Melissa Bonis, uh Supergirl and Stephen Amell's Arrow Boots and um, uh, Katie Lotz's uh, White Canary Boots all standing, sitting around in a circle. So they're filming the crossover, or at least a crossover. Right, right. At the end, I think it'll be more than one. Um, we also got some really cool uh, synopses of the new seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're available uh, if you a link from the uh, the DC TV podcast 
Um, I won't read the whole thing, but I'll just read like a little bit here. Um, Green Arrow's public defeat this is from Arrow, uh, the Arrow synopsis. Green Arrow's public defeat of Damian Dark at the end of season four has inspired a new crop of masked heroes to step up and defend the city. Um, the arrival of a deadly new adversary will force Oliver to confront questions about his legacy, both as the mayor and as the Green Arrow. So he's going to be appointed mayor and be training a whole new generation of vigilantes. So yeah, the Winnick run had him as the mayor. Great idea. Which was crazy. Like, how can he be a vigilante and a mayor at the same time? Ew. Pick one. You've got to pick one. Because <laughs> you're always watched all the time because you have a detail. So it's like... It's just like the profound Tom said of Tom and Jerry, is you is or is you ain't the mayor. I know. <laughs> and if their secret service... Yeah, it was borrowed from Cab Calloway, was <laughs> Well, you know. Or Louis Armstrong, you know. As related by Tom yeah. C. Cat. Right. If their secret service is as bad and security is as bad as their police force, I mean, which is something they need to work on for Arrow. Really badly. We uh, the the Flash synopsis here really doesn't say anything we don't know no. other than you know, about Flashback, no. uh, Flashpoint, uh, Supergirl. Supergirl continues to work for the DEO mm-hmm. in National City, searching for Jeremiah and Cadmus. Along the way, she will team up with Superman, who we should talk about the uh, the pictures we saw this week. Tyler Hoechlin, is that how you say his name? Uh, uh, he's, like he was originally on Teen Wolf, I guess. Yeah. He's playing Superman. Uh, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're... Jerry, do you need some oxygen? What happened? They have watched the season and a half of Teen Wolf. Okay, so do you know who this guy is who's playing Superman? Yeah, he was the leader. He was the other alpha in the town where Tyler was actually an Omega, not an alpha, but Mm -hmm. he had his own little pack because he was an alpha, and he was taking it. They thought he was dead or missing. He was like a senior two years ago in the town in the high school that Tyler Posey was going into, who was Teen Wolf. I'm sorry, have I gone too far? No, oh, okay. you you went nerdy on a nerdy show, so I mean, it was, do what you but do. But I digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay. Did you did you see him in the suit in the new Superman suit? Yeah. In his super suit. <laughs> Where's my did super you... suit? Woman. <laughs> he is a pretty boy. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. I'm pictures, but, but that's fine though. But it's his Superman material. He didn't look it in the pictures. Oh, yeah. it's the younger Superman, right? I mean, because he's on Super. We um, don't know that. No. He seems like because they're not going to have the universes crossed. They're not going to have the TV and the movie first cross. He seems to me like a younger Superman. He yeah, seems I'm, to me like CW Superman. Let's just. Well, say I'm that. not thinking of the movies at all when I'm I'm looking at the pictures. I'm just thinking about Superman just as a character, and it just. He just, in the pictures I'm talking about, I, that could totally change when he's on the screen, you know, yes. acting. You know what? Honestly, I have a theory that they dropped that guy. They they didn't cast him till last minute, and they had already done all the the shoots, so they just dropped his face. Because I used to work for a uniform company, so I know how they li- just drop faces and change colors mm-hmm. and do whatever post. I don't think that guy is big. That guy's right. Crazy. I thought he was bigger than that. But even in the pictures they showed afterwards, him on the set, 
Yeah. I oh, he looks smaller? I didn't get the majestic looking. Like, compared to being Superman, I'm talking about. It just didn't. I, I haven't I seen it yet. He scaled down that he's working out like a demon and he's going to Gal Gadot that thing. And Maybe the all. suit is throwing me off because it's a different type of Superman suit to me. It's just, it's a different suit. It's more, I guess, it's more like Injustice, which I didn't like that version of the suit in the game. Yeah, I don't. The thing about the this kind of shoulder thingies. Yeah, I didn't like where the that. The capes attached, where it's really wide. There, it doesn't mm-hmm. look great to me. No, I, I I really do not like that design. I didn't like it when they did it in Justice. It and it reminds me of the Eradicator Superman in the comics. Yeah, he it used does, that. Yeah, he did, and. Um, there's like that hunter killer Superman too that had like the headband yeah, thing. Yeah, he had that yeah. kind of stuff too. So it it really, it just threw me. Like I I see people loving it. That's great. I, it's just me. I, and that's not going to keep me from liking the the show. It's not something like that. But I'm just saying overall, my first impressions were I just really wasn't impressed. And this is Superman. Like you're you're introducing yeah, Superman. But it's CW Superman. I get it, but even. You have to- even CW, Superman could, you know, could still look great. I mean, I never had a problem with the costumes with uh, with Green Arrow and Flash. And, uh, you know, well, those are the only ones that really use costume costumes. Um, Do you like this Green Arrow as opposed to the Smallville, Smallville Green Arrow, who I, I think I called Gucci Arrow because he was just yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> that's much better Green Arrow than, than the Gucci. Yeah, movie. all those He's were so kind of boy, rough. You know? Yeah. Yeah, all those all those Smallville designs were a little rough. And you know, I there was something I, I thought about though. I hope that for Superman to be on the show, I hope they don't make they don't weaken Superman as a character to make Supergirl feel to seem better as a hero. They've done that so consistently. They play with power levels with with Supergirl. Well, not even just weaken as in power levels, but just as a character. Like I hope they don't okay. have to, we'll I hope they don't because it's not a game you need to do. Like just if you want to power up Kara, just power her up. Like just make her, you know, like just have her improve as a as a hero, but you don't have to make another character feel weaker or make dumb decisions or, you know, like or make him mean or something. Like I, I hope they don't do that with him, just so they can, um, they can just have uh, Kara be the, you know, the 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 lead and the hero. Cause she, this is her show, and I want her to shine on her show. But I just hope that they don't diminish the character of Superman to make her shine. Like just he's make. Only, them he's both. only going to Gaston. I think the the uh, the villain in question they said was Metallo. Mm-hmm. I guess in the crossover. So. Yeah, that's what it showed pictures of Metallo with the green. They showed some some pictures of that. So I, that's the only thing I, I hope they don't do. Like I, I hope when we, you know, like it, it just came to my mind that I hope they don't fall into that CW trap of, of, uh, right. you know, because sometimes they've done that with other characters to try to, to try to make one, you know, step up. They kind of, like like with Oliver, even with Oliver, like. The way that they made uh, Felicity, they weakened Felicity as a character when they put her with Oliver. She was a much better character before they got together. And I hope yeah. that they remember that, like to not do that uh, with us. He's a hothead. 
he was a hothead all the time, and he still kind of is a hothead. But he she should be. That, him a bit she in should the right be. Way. But he, she was just not a hothead. Like she was very independent and very strong as a character, and it, and it kind of she kind of lost it. I mean, she had to, and she had the fun, you know, loving thing about her and the quips that she would say, and the, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I hope now that they're not together for this new season, and it and it. I think they're not going to put them together either. Uh, I hope not. I thought they were better with like you. Um, I, re- I really like the original uh, team era. I do. Felicity and Arrow. I do. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I do. I, I when love they that. Weren't in t- where they weren't mm-hmm. like romantically attached, and I, I really got tired of Felicity like back in season three. So <laughs> yeah, because they just totally just made. I don't know what it is with some of the writers on CW that. You know what? Everybody's girlfriend is not a nag. Like yep. you don't have to write them all to be the, the foil for the boyfriend. I mean, they you know some some people uh, stay together for a long time and they get along and stuff and they you know there's conflicts of course, but you don't have to make them you don't have to turn them into a whiny brat. To, it's not even that though. Like when they were together, like Ollie became like a woman. You know. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, Either. I think they should either like you know have her go away on the show for a while and have the um, uh, uh, Echo Kellum's character uh, be like the tech guy, mm-hmm. kind of take over that role, yeah. or have it be like heart to heart. Have them yeah. you know be a be a couple. I mean, it would be so cool to see like an actual like couple. I like, like that. You but said TV, they've been around each other for a while, but they don't they don't do that. They don't anymore. write couples well. TV does not no. write couples well. It, I don't. It's I don't. Death of your superhero ness when you get into a relationship. Somehow. Yeah, it's a lost art for that. Like yeah. to for for people to write for um, TV writers to write couples well. It, it's in a and you can have a lot of fun. With a couple, like you could, you know, seeing things and stuff. Heart to heart, like I said. Yeah, yeah, you could have a good time with that if you uh, and, and Spencer for hire and Susan, you know, they were the best. yeah, yeah. Oh. McMillan and wife. Yeah, you, know. you could do so much with that if you if you. It's like, hey, I know these writers date or they're married and stuff. Like, do you forget? Like, do you totally does that go out your mind? Like, oh, here's pull the thing: from they're that. writing. So much that they can't have a stable relationship, so they're all salty. Is that, from yes. that well, I need them yeah. to write when they weren't all so salty. I mean, well, you can have a bad couple here and there, but not every couple has to be the same way. Like I get, you really get tired of that. Or if they do work out, they don't show them much at all. Like uh, Meg Negro and um, and, Ly- and Lila yeah. and Lila, they're, they're they get along. They're a good couple. Like they, you know, they worked out their <laughs> stuff. So now. With that, you just get her five seconds and she's out. Like you know, like they don't. It's oh, like here's it's, your baby. Yeah, you put, get your, your, put your baby in the backpack and go on. And we'll have it. a we'll have a violent chase scene, and then you can give her back. Yeah, because she should have been a main part. I mean, not a main, but I mean, she should have been a regular for the show. Like she's like you need more people that are not just Team Arrow, but more people that they can interact with that are that are into other stuff. Or they're you know like it's just getting to the point where they just made it where. It was like a, a clubhouse almost. Right. So well, that's why I think that, everybody knows where it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's no well, secret. That's why path. I think it's the honeycomb. <laughs> right. Yeah. What you said, Jim? Oh, I'm sorry. Isn't the honeycomb hideout? So. Yes. <laughs> Not. <laughs> but um, the I think that's that's why I think it's such a good idea that he's taking on like these proteges. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really gonna like open up the story a lot more right. and. Right. 
and open up the, hopefully open up the character a lot more you know and not have him just be like oh I'm, I'm keeping a secret from Felicity oh, about God. my son yeah. oh I'm tormented yeah. oh oh no Felicity found out about my son oh oh, oh no <laughs> yeah Wait, so, I had for Felicity? Oh my gosh! <laughs> man, come I'm on, a, dude. I want you're mayor Felicity. now. Yeah, you're mayor, and Felicity, you got your you you, you run a business, man. Yeah, man, come you on. You ain't got you to be, be all like wilting all the time, talking about oh, I don't know what I was gonna do. No, forget all that nonsense, man. You're you're genius level in in engineering and stuff. Like, come on, you know, like don't. They, they forgot that. Like, she used to be able to do such cool stuff, and they don't do that with her anymore. It's just, she's just the guy, the one that comes in the room to tell Oliver how wrong he is, or whatever. And then nobody wants to watch that after a while. Like, it's annoying. Yeah, it's true. So. It's true. She's like a shadow of her former Felicity self. She totally is. It's and we're yeah. like, I know it's like a broken record for me, but it really hurts me, because I like that show. I really, really love that show and these characters, and it just, I don't know why... It seems to get worse as the they season progresses. Feels like they just flattened all the characters. Yeah, yeah. It's just like they lost something. They lost their heart. They yeah. just don't have it. Like you know. So uh, they need coach in there, Daryl. You'd be like, all right, team, we're down. We got it. <laughs> we got to pull it together. We got to pull it together. Hearts. Come on, come on. We got to do this. <laughs> That's right. We got to come together as a team. Yes, because you've got a heart. <laughs> I'll be the left leg. Um, the, as we mentioned before, Suicide Squad continues to do really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday on a Tuesday, it made $14 million. Which um, I made that much on a Tuesday. Which is more than Civil War, Age of Ultron, or Batman v Superman made on their Tuesdays after release. Um, yeah, take that, Aaron. <laughs> wow! Um, through through the board. first five days of release, uh, domestically, Suicide Squad has collected 161 million dollars in your face, and they expected to get another 50 million at least this weekend, because the three, three movies that are coming out uh, really will not compete with in, Suicide Squad. Right in your face again! Damn! One, two, three, five, face! Is this is it over? These like international receipts also or no? That's just domestic. It's just oh, domestic. Nice. That was from to Deadline. That. Wow. that was uh, from Deadline.com. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, we got some casting. More casting news. Uh, Sarah Gray from Power Rangers and from Bates Motel. That's what I've known her from anyway. Uh, yeah. Will be cast as Star Girl. She's a Power Power Ranger too. She's also a Power Ranger. Yeah. Uh, for uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, the Star Girl will be part of the Justice Society. Of America and uh, Carlos Carmona and Daryl made the same mistake of thinking it was Sasha Gray <laughs> at first, which would have been a totally different movie, yeah, or a totally different show. Oh. Uh, but no, Sarah Gray. And you know what's sad is when you put in Sarah Gray to look up stuff. You know, I wanted to get the info so I could post it on the site. Uh, yeah, Sasha Gray comes up too. Anyway. A lot. How's that sad? That's good for Sasha's career. Yeah. How's that? I mean, a lot. So? That's good. I mean, mean, it ain't great for your parents if you're Sarah Gray's parents and you want to look up your daughter to see how great she's doing. And then you see. And then you see. 
parents you need to reconcile themselves with the fa- fact that she's now meat because she's part of the Hollywood machine. Uh, you're right. So well, after the movie it. comes out, it'll, it'll be something because I don't know what the Power Ranger movie is going to do, but that coming out on top of, you know, she'll be on this show. She'll be a lot more yeah. visible next season, you know, next yeah. summer. So. I'm down with it. She's cute. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see indeed. Charisma Carpenter from Buffy. Oh, yeah. Will be, will be joining the cast of Lucifer. Also, Veronica Mars. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. Well, I know I know her from Buffy, but I think a lot of people would. But I know her from Buffy and Angel and Veronica Mars, and she is hot all and the way. Around. All of those things I know her from as well. <laughs> Daryl, I'll let you say it. Go ahead. That ass, though. Yes. <laughs> she got that ass. For sure. Yeah. They're not saying what she's playing yet, but. Who cares? <laughs> She's just posting pictures of her being on the set. Wait, you know what? I like it though. Put some. I like that they're adding so many characters to the show because it felt mm. kind of bare the first we season. Trisha Hoffer playing their mom. Oh man! Uh, added to the cast. I mean, I love her from Battlestar Galactica and everything else I've seen her in. Um, interesting too. I don't know if you guys saw it this week, but the Fox released it. It was a split trailer. Of Gotham and Lucifer, like they had, it had the footage interspersed uh-huh. from the two different shows. Uh-huh. Not that they were going to cross them over or anything, but like they're promoting them together, mm-hmm. which what makes else? me think. Oh, we got another angel coming too with uh, Lucifer, right? Uh, Michael Perry, Perry. Yeah, Michael Perioli. Perioli oh. from The Sopranos. From The Sopranos. Oh, yeah. I like that guy. He's oh going to be playing Uriel. Yeah, Uriel, the another brother of the angels. Yeah. The brother of Amanda. Is the angel from Jersey? Is that how that's going to work out? I don't know. Well, I guess I, we'll see. I don't know. Christopher! <laughs> Christopher! Hey, uh, no, I, I, I'm sorry. I had to stop for some pursuit on the way. Well, you really good late, place on 53rd. Anyway. Mm-hmm. I like more than, more than Christopher in The Sopranos was his chick. Man, Andrea De Mateo. Oh, yeah. She was at Steel City Con a few years ago. Uh, taking that pictures that and stuff. chick, man. Yeah, okay. she was awesome. Um, yeah, but anyway, as I was mentioning, we got a, a split trailer for Gotham and mm-hmm, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. We saw some clips. Uh, we saw a lot more than we saw from Comic-Con, actually. Sure what's did. What's happening in the se- season three. Um, Fish Mooney is back in a big way. Oh. Uh, Oswald Kalapot's running for mayor. Uh, Fish Mooney uh, is demanding from Strange that he makes an army like her. Yeah. Uh, wow. Fish Mooney back in a big way. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I guess we'll see. Earth the Kid is back again. Uh-huh. And she uh, got, she got, is she throwing out a lot of that Earth the Kid? Kick, kick, it's she's it's still over wearing that, 101. She, it really and is. And she's still wearing that, like, um, oh, she wants uh, it. Like neo Egyptian. Yeah. Like, he kind of reminds me of Prince, skin. like uh, Prince, yeah, like Prince. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where maybe the like early, maybe like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Or like, oh, yeah. like yeah. Parliament Funkadelic, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, kind of like mix of Egyptian sure. and te- technological stuff, you know? Yes. Like, like cyborg chic. Yes. Yeah. 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 A lot like that, yeah. Um, if you go to uh, uh, DCTV Podcast Facebook page, you can see the trailer for yourself there. Pretty cool. Uh, there's also the Superman is coming in Supergirl. 
Yeah, yeah. It turned out to be a fake, actually. That yeah. was a fake one. Was a uh, phrasing. Are we not doing <laughs> phrasing anymore? Somebody showed me that, and they're like, oh, wow, they did that. And I'm like, what? And then they explained, and I'm like, you know what? You really have to be a perv to get that out of that. Thank I mean, you. Maybe if it said C-U-M, but it did not, and you guys uh, are all pervs for getting that. So, thank America. You. <laughs> <laughs> Read it like it's meant to be read. <laughs> Superman coming and just phrasing. Superman. Okay? It's, yeah. I just said it right. Didn't I say it right? Yeah, yeah. it's coming in Supergirl. Supergirl. Okay. And we got uh, Flash's mama. Yep. She, uh, uh, we also, um, interesting, uh, um, on the Hollywood Reporter interviewed John Ostrander. Um, the guy who created the Suicide Squad. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, Our thank Amanda. you, Mr. I follow, actually follow John Ostrander on, on Facebook. And uh, he wrote a really good review of him, himself. Uh, his, um, I'm sorry. Let's say that again. He wrote him, he himself wrote a good review of the movie. That's right. Um, as, as he cast that check, though. Yes. Well, you know. And he, he deserved it, too. He deserved And he even it. had the Ostrander building, I think. Damn right. Yeah, well, shout out to him. But, but he totally deserved it. It was his idea. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad to see him capitalize upon yeah. that. Quite a few but, writers but got that. But also, I mean, as far as comic book guys go, mm-hmm. Peter, Peter David came out and really said he enjoyed this movie a lot. And he has no, like. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he has no. Um, he doesn't work for DC. Yeah, or Marvel he don't. He don't. Well, Marvel. He don't does, care. But he don't work with. Oh, does he? Is yeah. he still right for Marvel? He's still doing comics. Yeah, he still. He still does comics. Oh, I thought he was just doing novels now. No, he's doing uh, Super. I mean, Superman. He's doing uh, Spider Man uh, twenty ninety nine, oh. and another book right now. I think it's a twenty ninety nine book. So, uh, Daryl, I know you're gonna find this to be very good news. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man of Steel two. Back in production, in active production. Thank you so much. The uh, the studio shifting priorities, confirming and launching production on solo films. Uh, there was no new new word on a Superman project mm-hmm. until until this. Um, Superman is a top priority for the studio. There's uh, no so reason not to do another one. And gaining the character right for audiences is tantamount importance. Yeah, and with the the with the ultimate cut, the things that they put in with uh, that were missing, like they took out uh, the one that got the, I think the character that suffered the most from Batman or Superman is Superman, and even the little bit that they added back into it in the ultimate cut. It made me want more Superman too. Also, because yeah. of that, like I think they should have. It probably would have been best if they just did a one movie fo- that focused on Superman and another movie that focused on Batman, and then, you know, it, it kind of you would have had a little bit yeah. more of both sides uh, as they came together. Well, I don't want to. I mean, we've already talked, you know, Batman v Superman to death. Yes. But like one of my major complaints with that was that there are too many moving, you know, moving plot parts in that, and if they had just like you said, out of Batman movie and a Superman movie, I think they would have solved a lot of their problems rather than trying to shove it all in one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there are two um, un, unnamed uh, or untitled DC films in their slate, one in October 2018, mm-hmm. and everyone assumes that's the Ben Affleck-directed um, uh, uh, movie, you know, the Batman movie is doing. So they're thinking the Man of Steel 2 is in the other slot, which is November of 2019. It's going to be rough, though, with with him losing his secret identity and dying well, well that the given but 
Well, I mean, I mean, well, Clark Kent is dead. Yeah, like, Clark Kent is dead. He can't, he can't, you know, go back to that yeah, at all. Both can't yeah. come back at the same time and be like, "Hey, it was." A- hey, how you doing, guys? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a coincidence! That guy, the guy that I looked just <laughs> like, uh, who also came back from yeah. the dead, came back from the dead, it's and really and his body was in the coffin at the house. So it's not like yeah. you could be like, "Oh, that wasn't." I, I, I was lost somewhere, and I just Everybody came back. Or Daryl, everyone. Hmm? <laughs> He was only DC dead. Oh, right. DC, My bad. Yeah, I mean, didn't, My bad. didn't you see that dirt move <laughs> at the very end of the movie? Because it's that aura, though. I saw that same so thing with Carrie, though, at the end. That doesn't mean she came back. Didn't she, though? <laughs> I don't know. No. She totally could if she wanted to. Didn't she? We got some Supergirl casting as well. Oh, I missed that. Lena Luther. Oh yeah. That. Oh man, she played uh, Morgana mm-hmm. on the BBC Merlin show, and she. Oh man, she is beautiful. Yes, she uh, is. Young lady. Oh, the Morgana, aren't we discussing her on the next? Uh, what you call it? Yes, we are. That would be a great segue See? to that. <laughs> that wow, you are looking out, for Jerry. Look big time. At you. Yeah, um, Katie McGrath, who played uh, Morgana on the BBC Merlin show. Um, oh. We'll be playing Lena Luthor in Supergirl, uh, Lex's smarter sister, supposedly. Gotta watch her. Yeah, yeah. Wonder if it'd be like Sherlock's smarter brother or whatever. Can't trust them, Luthers. But as I said, as uh, uh, as Jerry said, <laughs> she played Morgana, and that leads right into our first Justice League of the evening. Yeah, man. Uh, Night of Shadows. This one was written or directed by Butch Lukic. And uh, writers are Keith Dameron, and, and uh, a credit to Bill Finger as well, because uh, and to Jer- Jack Kirby, because here we see in the opening of this episode the um, uh, the origins of uh, Jason Blood, aka the Demon Etrigan. Yes. And uh, basically, it's the last uh, stand of Camelot. Morgana and her son uh, Mordred are breaking in uh, to Camelot's walls, and uh, it was all because. Of Jason Blood betraying Arthur, and only Arthurian, totally. Mm-hmm. But wait, they stop time, and Merlin is like, "You betrayed all of us for for love," and it turns out that Morgana was just playing him anyway, of course. Always, uh, yeah. Never trust um, a big button smile. No, even with that. <laughs> never ass, trust though. a never trust a gold mask yeah. and levitation. Hell no. <laughs> Always the sounds good. Woman. Mm-hmm. Well, those girls look good in them gold masks when they're floating around like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it never works out. No, it it's never the black works out. The girl's poison. Yeah, man. Poisson. We don't have uh, a we don't have a rhyming demon either in this episode. I, no, I this Etrigan doesn't rhyme at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is portrayed by Michael T. Weiss, though. Yeah. Uh, pretty well-known character actor. He's been like a million things. Uh, probably known best for the, being the pretender. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember uh, that. He's al- yes. but he's, al- but he's also in Young Justice. He played. Uh, he he's done a lot of. Uh, he was on Blue Bloods. Mm-hmm. He was Adam Strange on The Brave and the Bold. Right, right. He was Cap- Captain Adam on Young Justice. He's done a lot of, uh, but other stuff. Um, but yeah, best known as the, the Pretender. Yeah. But uh, he, but yeah, he plays. Uh, um, I'm sorry, he plays uh, Jason Blood and the Demon Etrigan in this. 
Yeah, he'd be a little angry. He'd be, he'd be a little angry. But yeah, in the opening, we see Merlin bind uh, uh, Jason Blood, who had betrayed everyone, to the Demonetric Inn. And turns out, uh, and again, it was, now I'm pretty sure this was um, uh, uh, after the Batman animated episode with the Demon. Am I right? Mm, yeah, think so. Think so. Okay. I'm pretty because there was a Batman, uh, uh, the new Batman Adventures episode with the Demon, where they uh, Batman and the Demon fought against um, Clarion, the Witch Boy. Oh, okay, okay. And I think that either came out right before this or right after it, and I I'll, now I'm gonna have to look it up. We uh we really get the Kirby style too on the uh, Demon Hunter again. Oh, so you know? much! Yeah. Like like all that shading mm-hmm. and the Kirby dots and and like the way his uh, cape is ripped up and stuff. It's very. Very Kirby. Actually, both um, cartoons where we review it, it was a, a lot retro look to them. Yeah, the the Gardner, like the Gardner Fox and the stuff in the um, the Metamorpho. To, yeah, definitely for sure. Very retro. Um, we uh, we get an encounter with Morgan Le Fay, and the encounter causes John to experience the same thing that that uh, Superman dealt with in the Man Who Has Everything. Like, do you guys you remember? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, he goes, but he he experiences like his wife and his kids are back, or they're alive, and he's back on Mars, and like everything is great again, and all of his family is alive, and everyone who died is still there, you know, is waiting for him, and you know, it's all he ever dreamed of, and he fights with this through the whole episode, so much so that like um, Etrigan warns Batman. It's like, dude, I don't think we can trust your friend. He's gonna, you know, freak out again. And um, Batman's like, no, John's good. We don't have to worry about him. But yet, John freaks out every time they fight Morgan because he thinks he's back with his wife and stuff. And John tells Bruce, sometimes I believe I would do anything to see my loved ones again. Mm-hmm. You can't imagine how that feels. Mm. And Batman is just like, um, dude. <laughs> I used to think like you until I took a bullet to the parents. <laughs> yeah, he had that look. He did have that look like mother. Okay. Uh, Flash and Wonder Woman uh, search for the Philosopher's Stones. Uh, it takes Flash and Wonder Woman to this guy who's very much uh, Hugh Hefner, but they, I think his name is in this is Herb Hickman, right? Mm-hmm. They, and they go through the. Uh, it's funny seeing Wonder Woman go through the Playboy Mansion. Uh, there's even a grotto. Like Flash sticks his head in the grotto and oh, yeah. bikini girls there. Um, the guy who voiced uh, the non-Hugh Hefner was actually a, a writer, like an old school writer for DC, right? I wrote that in my notes that I lost. You lost but your actually, notes? Yeah. No, the guy who played um, Hugh Hefner was Dave Thomas from SCTV. Oh, okay, okay, okay. He was one of the uh, McKenzie brothers. No, I, I also wanted to mention that once um, the, the voice... The voice of uh, of John Jones's wife, uh, Mariah, is played by Pam Greer. Oh, we go wow. back like babies and pass off Aya. That's uh, that's my girl, yeah. Pam Greer, and Olivia Dabo from you know a lot everything, but like you know Claw, no, Law and Order, Criminal Intent was in, uh, recently. Oh. Said that voice, I'm like, no, it's no, as soon as, soon as he read Deliv- uh, Olivia Diaby, I'm like. Wonder Years. He's like, that's not what I know her from. I don't care. They should always be. That's all that matters to you, right? What would you do? That's all you got. I gotta do. 
Stand up and walk out on me. But anyway, they uh, they walk. Uh, they you know, it's so funny. He's you know, he's obviously so obviously hitting on Diana, and Diana just like totally could not care. She just wants oh, to. No, uh, she don't care about that. She wants the Philosopher's Stone, and yeah. she's like, you know, I'd really like to see your stone, Mister Hickman. Yeah, she flirted back. But she learned it from Hawk Girl because she flirted back with him to get it to get him to, to tell her about the stone. Right. Um, she learned that from birth. We learned that pretty early. Sorry. Yeah, but she kind of walked around all. Remember the other cartoon we watched with her? But, yeah. But the funny thing is, like, Wonder Woman kind of flirts a little bit to get you know the stone, mm-hmm. and it turns that dude into like a giant penis worm monster. Awesome. <laughs> that to everybody. It's like the you know Wonder Woman kind of asserts his sexuality and it turns the guy into a giant penis monster. That's what happens to me. <laughs> that is what happens to him. Very subtle, very subtle symbolism. Yeah, there. you know it. There's a, a good sequence later where uh, Etrigan casts a freezing spell on Morgan's soldiers and Flash runs around him and crystallizes. Yeah. And then disintegrates them in a frozen whirlwind. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, they don't give Wally as many badass moments. Uh, that was one. But know. I'm gonna need Wally. I'm gonna need you to not run your mouth to a demon. Hello. Because they don't like your sense of humor. I'm just saying. Yeah. Every time he jokes off to the demon, he's you know the Etrigan threatens to like eat him or or kill him or whatever. It's just um. Respond well to humor. It's a fact. It was uh, it was funny, and then like John fights Etrigan at one point because he's so like taken with Morgan's magic that he thinks you know he's fighting for his family on Mars again. Yeah, and, uh, man, so sad. So sad. There's also Batman fighting a chair. That was great. Oh, I I know I fought a chair too. There was some good Batman sword fighting yeah. in this episode. That was it's always cool. Yeah, stuff. that's true. Um, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was co- a cool episode. And you can name it, how many times. Like, there's so many times you can. If you have a drinking game, you can drink to how many times uh, Mar- Martian Manhunter gets uh, mental backlash when he tries to. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, it happened in Legends last episode too. It's like I'm. Ye- I almost yelled. Oh, I almost what is yelled it, John? It. I almost yelled at him on the when I was watching it when he was like. Why don't I use uh, telepathy to get the uh, location? I was like, no, because you know it's going to happen to you. You have a big feedback loop. Yeah, you're going to scream and then you're going to pass out. Right? I think, like, people like me, and I'm going to go ahead and try to speak for myself and Jim with useless English degrees. Like, you throw Arthurian legend in there, and immediately we have an English boner. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, I've read all of it. I've read because, honestly, Arthurian legend—that's basically the birth of secular literature. That's more to De Archer. That's like the oldest forms of of storytelling that aren't you know related to some fictional sky creature that you can find. Yeah, I was just saying that. Are you? Yeah, I was just <laughs> telling my homies that. <laughs> yeah, that's like you know, like the Once and Future King. I mean, I, I got a little obsessed with Arthurian legend for a minute, and it's it's fun seeing it played. I didn't get the Kabuki mask, but you know, whatever. Well, you know, she she didn't put on her makeup that day, so she had the little 
I too have wished for Suzuki. I'm not gonna hate. I'm not gonna hate. Okay, Suzuki is a four. Well, yeah. I mean, she's. I mean, obviously, the best Morgana in movies ever was uh, uh, Helen Mirren in Excalibur. I mean, that's the gold standard from which, which, uh, for me anyway, all other Morganas must be judged. And I thought Olivia Dava was fine, especially with the the heavy effects they're putting on her voice and, like you said, the mask and everything. They yeah. always had that little bit of like uh, echo on her voice every time she spoke. Yeah, it was kind um, of. But it was cool, and I like the way they made Mordred just like you know, kind of like uh, um, clearing the cat boy, or like, was, yeah, like weird. yeah, like clearing the witch boy or something, just like I don't, you know, I do G A F, you know. Yeah, yeah. Twenty four seven. He just he, doesn't care. <laughs> he just wants his kingdom. You know. He was. Um, he was. He was coddled. He was. He, you know, self entitled. He was what you would be if you had grown up in that situation. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a and sure. it was Interesting too that the um, the the uh, they broke up the team again. Yeah. Yeah. Like yep. It was. It was Batman and John mm-hmm. and uh, Wonder Woman and Flash. Yeah. Um, teaming up with uh, with Etrigan. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, they had a little uh, Incredible Hulk uh, walk away shot at the end. Totally. With uh, Jason Blood walking away from the camera. Yeah. Um, I also said Shane at that point, too. <laughs> Shane. Sorry. The, uh, there's, oh, at the costume party at, the, at uh, Hugh Hefner's mansion, there are all those different costumes from. Uh, from like all these, like there's one that's like a cat's style cat woman. Yep. Huh? Yeah, I saw him. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And a couple of like Jack Kirby, like uh, oddball uh, new gods things. And yep. It was just like random costumes. It was cool. Um, and of course, Flash says, I only read it for the articles, right? Oh, of course. Though the line, uh, Batman, I trust John with my life, Etrigan, I'll send flowers. I know that. No. comedy. You really can't. You can't commission. It was like, it's like, can I hit you over the head with more symbolism? I'm Probably saying not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Dudes are dicks. Is basically he's what a dick. Gonna, he's a dick. Like this guy is he's a known. big, big dick. Yeah. He's a dick. He's known. But uh, it was uh, pretty, and you get more. I mean, it's a. It, it happens. Uh, it's it, from the beginning of Justice League to. Justice League Unlimited to towards the end of uh, the show with the isolation that John feels because that yeah. comes back a lot. Yeah, it was interesting too to see like um, the dynamic from the man who has for the man who has everything that classic Superman story mm-hmm. like applied to a different character. Like at the very end of that story, you know, Batman has it briefly has the Black Mercy briefly on him, and we see what his idyllic life would be you yeah. know, just for a second, you know. To see that kind of happen to John Jones' uh, character was was pretty cool to see that transposed onto him. Oh yeah, I thought anyway. But yeah, I give this one a solid A. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I give it A. It's good stuff. Easy A. It was it was beautiful. There was yeah. so much comedy and so much. It was so referential and derivative, mm-hmm. and it was just fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Etrigan. A good good portrayal of Etrigan, and I really like. Uh, his uh, uh, model or whatever in the D- in this uh, DC animated universe it, it, like it keeps enough of the Kirby, but it also like fits right in yep. with the other character models. Okay, let's move on to our uh, final Justice League episode of the evening, uh, Metamorphosis. Yeah, where uh, again the the group is broken up, and this one's mostly Green Lantern centric. 
because uh, Rex Mason, who, as the episode goes on, becomes Metamorpho, the Element Man, one of my favorite goofy Silver Age characters of all time. That act, uh, though, dude, come on. The what? The actor they chose. That was so amazing. Oh, my gosh. Tom Sizemore. Yes. He's amazing. Totally. She could always stay uh, out of jail. It was interesting, too, that uh, Danica uh, McKellar played uh, Sapphire Stag. Yes. Hotness. And that's a cartoon. I, usually I don't get excited about cartoons, but woo. Wait, did we just yeah. say another uh, Wonder Years actor? Yep, another, another Wonder Years actor. Yeah, let's tune in. Look at that. What? What is going on? What? It's great that um, they got Earl Bowen to play Simon Stag because the dude has been in so many movies. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, all, th- all three of the Terminator movies, he was Dr. Peter Silverman, the guy who, like, kickstarts um, Skynet. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm looking at his IDB, uh, IMDb page. It goes all the way, it goes back into the 80s uh, when he was on the Jeffersons in 1979. <laughs> he was on Buck Rogers in 1979. Uh, he was on MASH. Um, but, I mean, they he plays Simon Stagg. And he plays him with all the creepiness that he should have. He kind of is a little too protective of his daughter. You know what I mean? And then uh, Richard Mall, Bull from Night Court, plays Java. Yes. The uh, the kind of apish uh, assistant to Simon Stagg. Um, it's, um, it, 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 I don't know. I thought this was cool. You get a lot of backstory in it with John. Um. And it, it, I'm glad they went with this origin, too, of, like, a science experiment gone wrong or what have yeah. you, rather than him being, like, the avatar of an Egyptian sun god or Why whatever better. the yeah. original uh, uh, origin was. Um, this Oh, by the way, this episode is directed by Dan Reba and uh, Ooh, written. Cool. Very cool. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm sorry, written by Len Oli. And uh, Rex and John are old military friends, and they kind of catch up a little bit. And, um, again, more focus on Jon Stewart. Yeah. They're like, really, really taking yeah, time a man, to establish though, his character. Well, I, cool. and I liked that. I didn't catch And, again, I didn't catch it watching it back in the day when I first watched this cartoon. But a lot of interaction with Hawkgirl when he goes through his moments. Yeah, when he's talking about, like, how he's kind of regret. Yeah, because he's talking to her about how, you know, the road not taken. Mm-hmm. Now he kind of regrets how he sees Rex and how... I mean, it was subtle, but they, they were really bonding, like, yeah, early. Yeah, you see it. There was, like, genuine emotion there. It was, yeah, like, a slow yeah. down. Like, it, the pacing changed, mm-hmm. and you could literally see that moment happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, they really, uh, they really like, uh, laid down some foundation. Because she really later. gets in his head, like, oh, you regret. Lay like, down. Brings yeah. up the, thing, the women. Oh, you missed, uh, you know, maybe meeting a beautiful woman or something. What's going on? Beautiful woman with a mace. Like, I'm right <laughs> here, <know>. dude. <laughs> Are you acting like that? What I got to do? Draw a sign with an arrow on it? <laughs> Get my Marvin Gaye record out. What? What does it take? I mean, damn. <laughs> my brutal Mars thing out. It's funny too, though, to see like, like this thing with John and Shara is like pretty open. Yeah, like, they're yeah. always talking to each other. Yeah. They're always like, and then the thing that happens as the series goes on with Bruce and Diana mm-hmm. is totally not. It's like unspoken yeah. almost until because the one episode. Because Batman is such a 
Yeah, funny well, he's Batman. Duddy. Like, he's such mm-hmm. a yeah. damn funny duddy about it. But it's totally there. Yeah, you know, it's like, totally like the episode with the apes where he thinks she might be dead yeah. and he's in his mind. And, yeah, totally. Um, like, come on, man. Rex announced to, uh, to Simon Stagg that he wants to marry Sapphire, his daughter, and take her away. First mistake. And he's, you know, don't try to stop us. And he's like, oh, no, I would never. Uh, congratulations. Here's a roofie and a drink. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, Rex wakes up and he has become the part um, of the, uh, an experiment uh, gone horribly wrong. And uh, he becomes, uh, he's only able to, like, bring himself back together uh, as Metamorpho, the, the uh, element man. And, yes, I'm going to say that every time. Dun, dun, dun. Because he is the element man. He, he can duplicate. His powers are that he can duplicate any element uh, with his own body. He can turn himself into you know any element he can think of. Yeah, that's right. Um, which is interesting because I'd probably just turn my hand into platinum and sell that. You're damn right I would. <laughs> um, so you'd sell a part of yourself so you'd literally be a, a hooker. Yeah? I'd definitely be a sellout. Yeah, man. Okay. I'm for sale. Was um, and the, well, like the motivation for Simon Stagg to do this oh. isn't that he's going to take his daughter away. It's oh. totally jealousy. Yeah, totally. Like, he's like he's kind of like uh, you know he, he even you know after he turns into, into uh, Metamorpho, he tells Rex he's like you know you'll never touch her. You know, you'll never be with her. Not like that. You'll, you'll never touch her again. Yeah, they, they get, get kind of creepy. I was like, ew, that's her dad. Yeah, they get kind of creepy. <laughs> Why is he saying these things? That's her dad. Yeah, man. That's your, that's your daughter, man. She's from the deep south or something. You know, I know she's fine, but that's your daughter. We also get to set up uh, where um, Metamorpho thinks that John Stewart is making time with this woman. And so he he gets to fight the Justice League. Well, she is so flat. Like, when she came, when she came out the first time in her robe, yeah. no doubt. Hello. And she's talking to his friend. Like, she was so... You want to talk about Playboy Bunny acting. Right. Like, oh, I'll be right back. This is Harley Quinn. This was Harley Quinn. This is how Harley Quinn approached Common. I know, but I'd be like, if that's my woman, I'd kind of be like, yo, why are you looking at him like that, though? (laughs) I'm right here. Hello. (laughs) There are variations, There is Polly... There is open relationships. It might not be that kind of party. You don't know. Uh, and he's got PTSD, so he might be okay with that. Cause he j- has low T. Even John had a look like, yo, get your girl, though. What's she doing? That, yeah, I know, but that's because he's used to like, everything being on the up and up. But there's right, right. But you, you know, know it's a code because right? he, he's a man of honor. It's a code. Oh, it's like, yo. There's no brother. Yeah, there's no tighter brotherhood. He like, yo, check your girl, man. Uh, Sapphire thinks, you know, Rex is dead after the accident, so she kind of cries on John's shoulder a little bit, and Rex sees this and immediately goes 100% full jealous. Oh, man. And uh, Tom Sizemore really sells it. Again, the voice acting in this episode is just great. Yeah. I mean, uh, when he's Rex Mason, he's, like, smooth and charming, you know, but then after the transformation, he's just, like... Out the window. Distraught and kind of crazy and not making sense, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, really, really awesome. And um, he's, uh, you know, he's, he decides to take it out on John, and uh, they start to fight. And then the rest of the Justice League is brought in. He ends up turning himself into Kryptonite at some point, and he uh, sure did. 
That's you know, and uh, John's like, "That's enough. You're killing him." Uh, how many times I mean, is re- Superman punked in a cartoon? Drink. I mean, how could he know what element? I know, the, uh, right? That was kind of quick. Kryptonite would be, you know. He ain't no scientist. But, uh, green and glowy. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you know, the, everybody calms down. Has a you know, cup of hot cocoa and. and gets their thoughts together and while and while this happens uh simon stagg has turned himself into chemo oh. the giant uh blobby green monster right. uh insane with uh incestuous jealousy Ooh. i guess Dang. gross totally gross yeah, man. so this dingo monster goes to attack the city and uh you know simon's green um it's like you leave her out of this. I'll never let you touch her. Never. And uh, it's a little, little bit much. But there's this giant. It's like a flubber Hulk almost. Mm-hmm. But uh, John you know, tries to sense his mind. And he says it's uh, incomplete, irrational, and driven only by base desire. Uh, yeah. Ugh. I don't even want to think about what that means. Pretty freaky. So um, you know, we get a lot of really cool animation within Metamorpho because his you know, b- abilities are, are so cool and fluid and they're able to animate it. Um, but at the end, you know, after they try to fight and everything, um, this, you know, giant Kima, they realize the only way they're going to destroy it is by uh, Rex jumping in there and turning into a certain enzyme that will, you know, turn him basically into, like, you know, rainwater or something. All right. So Rex, you know, seemingly sacrifices himself to stop the monster. But no, Metamorpho is still alive. He's okay. Well, that's a thing. That's such a comic book thing with him because he's died like a hundred times. Like he, yeah, well, that's his yep. thing. Like you know, yep. But there, now he's back. He risks his life. He gets killed, and then you know he comes back later. But I mean, this is such a more of a Silver Age episode than some of the other episodes. Oh, totally. Seen. It's so you know what I mean? much a retro. Like him being the the test pilot for Stag Industries, and yeah. you know, even when so, he meets him in train, so New Frontier sixties. Yeah, you know? when he meets him, he's like uh, debonair. Yeah, hi. well, it's like I said, his voice acting yeah. goes from like being a little smooth, uh, hey, how you doing, and, uh, to like when he's metamorpho, I'm freaking the hell out because I turned into a giant pinata or whatever. The right. Hell. <laughs> so. But yeah, Sizemore before he lost his mind was a good actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we also when Rex gets introduced, I forgot I, in my notes. Uh, it has this like little saxophone. Totally. Reminded me of the Electric Company. What? Jazz little excerpts they'd have. Uh, you, oh wow! It's been so long. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um, is it wrong that I think this line came from Dwayne McDuffie? Are you ready? The thug number one. So I told my broker, industrial waste management. That's a growth industry. Am I wrong here? Thug number two. Like they say, garbage in, garbage out. <laughs> that seems like some McDuffie I wouldn't be surprised, though. I could see it right okay. like that. Um, also, with the when, uh, Flash has the good one-liner when the monster is attacking the town. What I wouldn't give for a couple of biplanes right about now. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, I love this episode a lot. Like I said, very Silver age in tone. Very comic booky in the best way I could say that possible. Like with uh, the misunderstood hero fighting our heroes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
I mean, the total classic comic oh, yeah, book. Oh, yeah, a lot stuff. of that. And, uh, and like I said, uh, the, the great voice acting. It's a total classic 80s, 80s movie. Like, you got the misdirection mm-hmm. and then the, mm-hmm. the buddies that know each other from way back, but things have changed in both of their lives. They have to come together at the end. It's and he looked 80s. up to me. I looked up to him. Right. In it's the, an 80s uh, movie. Yeah, yeah. It's an 80s movie. And the, <laughs> and the one guy's dad is the evil, you know, the, the bad guy. Yeah. 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 So I give this another A, man. This is another another great episode. I love this series, and I love uh, what it, how it you know recasts these classic characters and kind of streamlines them and makes them you know makes them a lot easier to deal with in an animated form. Oh yeah, it really works. Totally, works. it right. does. So. All right. Oh, awesome. I want to throw one thing out there. A little casting news that just got released. Uh, oh, okay. They yeah. cast uh, Mirror Master for the Flash. No. Ooh. Yeah, Gray cool. Damon uh, is his name. Has been cast as Mirror Master. Wow. Hmm. So Man, sweet. I'm not familiar with the name. Mm-hmm. You think he'll do cocaine off that mirror? Oh. Is he gonna be Scottish? Like Hello, bad guy. <laughs> is he? Is he gonna be Scott? Uh they're not he's saying. Scottish? They're just saying what the casting is. They don't. They're not saying anything else but that right now. I don't know this guy's. Uh, gonna be in it. I don't know what he's been in before. They say he's be been great. in Aquarius from MBT, but I don't know. Oh, okay. I would love to see him like uh, hook up with uh, with Mick and uh, Snart. That'd be awesome. We see some real road action, you know. I, I, there's got to be that coming up. I'd love that. Maybe you know Mark Hamill. Got to be Quickster. Just saying. Come on, you got to have the roads coming. Come on, the roads are such a part of the Flash mythos. Exactly. I can't see them not doing it eventually. You got to. You know? got to. If they're going to do Flashpoint, they might as well do the Rogues. I mean, that's a bigger story beat to me anyway. Well, that could be all throughout the season. I mean, they can be a part. Well, I mean, and it kind of defines the Flash. No other character, no other, no other superhero I can think of has that kind of, you know, uh, uh, deal no. or whatever no. with his with his villains. You know. Right. Um, so very indicative of that character all right cool that's uh that's another episode in a box uh thanks daryl thanks jerry for joining me i really appreciate it uh if you're into geeky podcast imagine you would be check out hhwlod.com uh the return of the half hour wasted the pod fathers are back doing weekly shows half hour wasted check it out every week uh also uh the walking dead tv podcast we just did a special episode where we covered the comic book version of all out war part two mm. Um, leading up to the, the new season of Fear the Walking Dead that's starting in a few weeks. But uh, a lot, if, you want, if you're into the comic and you want to check out a lot of the plot points that are going to be coming up in the next season, that would be a good episode to listen to because they're all there. Um, the aftermath of what we saw at the end of the season uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, we, yeah, we dug deep into the comic, old school, LOD style, and it was pretty fun. Did we? Uh, Aaron, Aaron joined us for that, and uh, it, was, it was good. Uh, also, the uh, It's All Connected is back at its home at hhwlod.com, where it belongs. Yes. By God. And uh, the podcasting legend himself has come down from the mountain, Johnny M. I know, right? Uh, as, as we join the cast of It's All Connected, now that they're back on the underground, they're not, uh, you know, they're back on HHWLOD. So hopefully we'll be hearing more from him. Uh, I miss the days of doing Speak of the Devil with him. I don't know. Back, back before uh, Daredevil. 
Anyway, and if you like more more geeky podcasts, even even more after that, more more more, you tell me when I say okay. <laughs> go to the Taylor Network of Podcasts dot com because not only will you find one of the best places to get all your press releases and all your new geeky news all in one convenient, easy to read, and easy to navigate uh, place, you will also find a spectrum. Yes, that's right, a spectrum of great podcasts, including. No apologies. The uh, the flagship podcast of the network, I guess you'd call it. Um, Nothing's on, which uh, I do with Daryl and Donnie when we are able to get together on Sunday mornings and preach. Uh, <laughs> the Comic Rock Snark Fest. You get Gotham by Geeks, which uh, is a podcast done by guys who know more about Batman than you do, my friend. And uh, they, they get interviews with the writers and they talk about the arcs and... Uh, it's a very cool Batman-centric podcast, and also uh, Daryl Taylor, our own Daryl Taylor, and his, uh, our our friend uh, Mr. J.K. Woodward have launched yet another podcast. This one called "Go Truck Yourself." Before you uh, guess yourself. what it's about? Guess what it's about? Mm, Star Wars. Oh, no. yes, it's about no, it's about Onyx. Yes. Yes, slam. It's about it's about Onyx. It's about the That's early right. days of Onyx. It's live, live, live. They want effects. DOS effect. Um, no, it's, uh, um, of course, it's a new Star Trek podcast. Oh, and if you like Star Trek, we just did an episode with Daryl, actually, about our favorite uh, Next Generation episodes. Yeah, we went in. That's on HHWLOD.com. That was a really fun episode. Yeah, we that was really, really in. good. Yeah, because we, uh, we had some debate going. Uh, I think Craig just assumed we'd all have the same number one, and we didn't. No, we didn't. Yeah, it was cool. It's a good time. So that's a lot of podcasts for you to catch up on until the next time we are back with another episode of DC TV Podcast. Thank you once again, Daryl and Jerry, for joining me, and we are ghosts. Good night. All right. Nighty night. Wait for them to ask you who you know. Please don't make any sudden moves. You don't know.
Metamorpho, Metamorpho Starts out in old Egypt land Metamorpho, Metamorpho Rex Mason was his real name Metamorpho, Metamorpho A soldier of fortune didn't care about fame Metamorpho, Metamorpho Until fate took a hand in the game What a change, so strange Metamorpho, Metamorpho Metamorpho, Metamorpho Trapped in a pyramid he saw a light Metamorpho, Metamorpho It came from a glowing meteorite Metamorpho, Metamorpho Shooting cosmic rays stronger than the sun Through his body and brain And when it was done There, yeah, there, yeah There, yeah, 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 there Stood the element man Can't be playing Rex Mason, I know cause you see I'm 